Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for tuning in. As we speak, many of the most powerful politicians, public officials, and business leaders are heading up to Mackinac Island. I'm on my way there, too. They'll be attending the Detroit Regional Chamber's annual Mackinac Policy Conference at the Grand Hotel. It's a time for all those people to be essentially stuck together for three days talking about the major issues that face our state and our nation. We're going to be broadcasting the rest of this week from the Grand Hotel, speaking with some of the state's top elected officials, members of Congress, and others. And joining us now to talk about what to expect for this week is Sandy Barua. He's the president and CEO of the Detroit Regional Chamber. Sandy, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me, Stephen, and happy Mackinac Policy Happy Conference. Mackinac to you, too. What, what uh, number Mackinac is this for you? This will be my ninth, okay, eighth okay. one, kind of you know being in charge, but yeah. the ninth one I've attended. Yeah, so we're we're getting to the decade. Uh, uh, I I am no longer you. the new fresh face. <laughs> I, I, I am right. apparently now part of the. You're problem. an old hand. <laughs> um, so let's start here for, for people in Metro Detroit who are not going to this conference and may not be able to even watch the, the the coverage of it hear it here on the Detroit Today or watch it on Detroit Public Television. Why should they care about uh, what's happening up on Mackinac this week? So for exactly what you said, Stephen, that it is, well, first of all, this is a very unique gathering uh, in the country. Uh, we have yet to find a state that uh, has this kind of statewide leadership conference where the top political leaders, nonprofit leaders, and business leaders gather on an annual basis to really discuss what's really happening in our state and where to go from here. So when you look at some of the big deals that have uh, been accomplished up there, uh, you know, the the final agreement on the grand bargain for Detroit was done up on the island. Uh, the, uh, the the agreements that got us to the Gordie Howe International Trade Crossing were done on the island. So big things happened there, uh, both from the corporate side in terms of deals getting done, but also on the public policy side. Yeah. Um, uh, this is a special Mackinac, I guess, uh, is, is maybe the way to put it, in the sense that this is the first policy conference for a new governor. Uh, and this time it's, it's Gretchen Whitmer, a Democrat who was elected Last year, um, you know, both uh, Jennifer Granholm and Rick Snyder made special use of this conference and particularly in their first years uh, to, to sort of set the tone for the way they wanted to do business, to set the tone for the way that they wanted to try to bring people together around uh, common goals, get some legislation done. Already, we know that this is going to be a big Mackinac for Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah, I will say that, you know, first of all, we had a fabulous relationship with the former governor, Rick Snyder, and he was a huge supporter of the conference and used it to the nth degree, both for private meetings and for big public uh, sweeping statements. And as you said, he really used it to set the agenda. I fully expect that uh, our new governor, Gretchen Whitmer, is going to do the exact same thing. Uh, we're working very closely with her office. I can say that she has been exceptionally engaged uh, in the conference, and she's going to use every inch of real estate and every minute on the agenda uh, to uh, to do to do what a governor should do. So we're really delighted she's so engaged. Yeah, uh, some of the issues that uh, we face up on Mackinac this year, some of the local issues. 
are things we've seen before. Uh, <laughs> road funding, of course, uh, uh, is is still hanging in the balance. Uh, we 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 now know a little more about auto insurance reform than we have in in previous work weeks, but that's something that's that's been around uh, for a while. And of course, the budget, the state budget, is something that in the last eight years at least has kind of come together uh, while legislators and the governor have been on on Mackinac. Yeah, uh, you know the, the the previous gubernatorial administration made a real point to get the budget done before uh, the Mackinac Policy Conference, and just about every year uh, during Rick's tenure, that was done. Uh, this is going to be a little different. Uh, you know, we now have split government. We have the Republicans control the legislature. We have a Democratic governor. Uh, obviously, there are some major budget issues, and particularly the road issue, um, that uh, is making this year much more complicated. So. I don't expect that uh, they will finish the budget by tomorrow. <laughs> You're right. It'll be it'll be a bit. Um, let's talk about some of the the high profile national speakers you guys have this year. That's one of the things that I think has really elevated over the last few years at the at the conference. We get some real stars coming to. Yeah, see us. it has really become a national draw. You know, so first of all, the ethos of the conference is that it's very much a statewide conference. You know, we do a lot of events here in the Detroit region, focused on the Detroit region, but the Mackinac Policy Conference is very much a statewide conference, so we craft an agenda and have an audience that ref- that is reflective of our entire state. So I would say that the, the most powerful agenda item this year is going to be a real concerted effort on K-12 education. In fact, we're doing our education programming very different this year. We actually have a block of speakers all dedicated to uh, education, and we're going to sequence it. We're going to have a framing of the problem. Uh, Bill Pink from Grand Rapids Community College is going to do the data dump on the audience and say, listen, you know, Michigan's house is on fire, uh, and if you think this is just a urban issue problem or a rural issue problem, you're not paying attention because even our affluent districts in the state are underperforming vis-a-vis their national peers. So it is a statewide problem. Then we're going to have a uh, Change is Possible presentation. Uh, Governor Jeb Bush, uh, former governor of Florida, is going to be on, and he's going to talk about what Florida did. Now, you can agree or disagree with what the prescriptions uh, that were implemented in Florida were, but what you cannot argue is that Florida went from a low-performing public education state to a very high-performing yeah. public education state. And a state. pretty short and they have, window. And, and they have sustained those changes. I mean, you know, Governor Bush was governor of Florida two governors ago, and he is, you know, and, and those implementation, uh, those those, uh, uh, those improvements ha- have, have stuck with it. And then it's going to be Michigan's path forward. Mm. And this is where we're going to feature the Launch Michigan statewide coalition that has brought education leaders together, labor leaders, business leaders, nonprofit leaders, again on a statewide basis, to really tackle comprehensive reform that everyone can agree to. The business community, the education establishment, labor leaders, it's not going to be a kind of one-size-fits-one. It's going to be a compromise that really moves education forward in the state. My guest is Sandy Barua. He's the president and CEO of the Detroit Regional Chamber. We're talking on the eve of this year's Mackinac Policy Conference. Lots of people headed north today, uh, myself included, to take part in the annual Mackinac Policy Conference, which brings politicians, 
nonprofit leaders and business leaders together to solve some of our problems. Um, I, I want to talk about um, road funding um, that's likely going to dominate conversations up north. Um, you referenced earlier how uh, we've seen in the past that that uh, issues that, that had been at loggerheads at uh, some sort of jam uh, sometimes get resolved up on the island. How does that happen and, and, and why does that happen? I mean, I think road funding seems to be the most likely candidate. We're going to see something uh, resolved this year. It seems like the thing that, that will happen. Talk about why Mackinac makes that possible. It's part of the magic of the entire Mackinac policy conference experience. So first of all, no matter where you are in Michigan, Mackinac Island is inconveniently located for everyone. So you have to make an effort to get there, right? So it's not in downtown Grand Rapids. It's not at the Capitol in Lansing. It's not in downtown Detroit. It's inconveniently located. So, and then you're, once you're up there, you're on an island. You're, you know, you're, you're out of your suit and your tie. You're stuck. You're, yeah, you, <laughs> you are in a very different environment. Yeah. And everyone is there as a peer, you know, obviously, it is a C-suite conference. There's no, there's no doubt about it. We, we, we make no apologies for that. But once you're up there, it doesn't matter if you're a public leader, a private leader, a nonprofit leader. Everyone's accessible. Everyone is having uh, similar conversations. And we're putting people in the room together that normally don't mix, you know, from different parts of the state. You know, you, so you have, you know, Detroit City Council people, uh, you know, lingering with a – uh, a community college president from from Lansing with a you know business leader from uh, another part of the state, right? It, it, and those kinds of conversations, and they're happening over an intense three day period, and it really helps. I think the legislators really understand where is the business community on an issue, where is the philanthropic community on an issue, and it helps them find pathways forward. Yeah. Uh, another thing we're going to do up north this year, something that I'm involved with, uh, with uh, my friend and uh, ideological counterpart, uh, Nolan Finley, uh, we've put together a little project where we're asking people, or we did ask people, to find people that they disagree with. We paired them up with people they disagreed with and to sit down and have a reasonable civil conversation, not about what they disagree on, but about why they believe the things they do. Talk about the civility project. Absolutely. Well, this you know this ethos of civility in our public discourse has been a theme of the chambers for the last couple of years. We so appreciate uh, kind of the longstanding partnership we've had uh, with you and Stephen on this, and we've now taken it to the next level with the civility project with with Stephen and Nolan. So it, this whole idea of being able to disagree without being disagreeable is absolutely central to our ability as a society and a democracy to move things forward. We are a nation of 330 million people with 330 million different opinions out there. And if we want to move this nation forward, if we want to resolve problems, we have to come together and we have to find out, you know, how do we build common ground and how do we disagree without being disagreeable? In addition to the sessions that you're going to be doing, and I'm really excited, excited about the videos that you guys are going to be showing about these curated conversations you've done with people with disparate political views. Mm-hmm. But we're also uh, going to have Michael Porter and Catherine Gale, who are going to do a big research. Um, uh, they're going to demonstrate their research on why competition is no longer working in our political system. That's going to be an incredibly meaty session. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to be moderating a session with my friends uh, Debbie Dingle and Fred Upton. Uh, and we're going to talk about kind of the national civility. I mean, uh, the three of us have long histories in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about how that environment has changed and how the environment today is so preventing some common-sense legislation that, frankly, there's a broad agreement on uh, from, from moving forward. Yeah. Um, the uh, the other pillars of the conference this year, what are they? Yeah, so the pillars were brought to us by our outstanding uh, chair, which is Patty Poppy, who is the CEO of Consumers Energy. And it's under the theme of One Michigan. And under under that theme of One Michigan, we have a pillar around Prepare Michigan, Grow Michigan, and my favorite, Love Michigan. <laughs> love Michigan. And and you know and the Love Michigan one is 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 is, is you're going to see that theme quite a bit. In fact, we're doing for the first time a Love Michigan party on Wednesday night. Mm. And we are, and Patty in particular said, "Listen, we're going into this uh, new world of divided government here in Lansing, but let's make sure we focus on what we agree on. And what we agree on is that we love this state, no matter you know, no matter what your political persuasion is, no matter where you live, no matter what your income level is. We all love this state, and we want to see it better." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to ask you about one speaker in particular uh, that I'm super interested in. Uh, Stacey Abrams is coming to Mackinac, uh, the the black woman who almost won uh, a Georgia, a Georgia governor's race. Um, uh, talk about what she's going to, to do here, uh, what she's going to talk about. Well, we actually don't know what she's going to talk about. We don't script our speakers. I mean, you've moderated a lot of our sure. uh, programming up there, Stephen. You know, we don't script our moderators or or our speakers. But you know, one of the you know we s- strive for diversity. And when we talk about diversity on that stage, we're talking about all kinds of diversity. Yes, we aim for gender diversity and racial diversity, but we also aim for ideological diversity. Mm. Uh, we uh, aim for geographic. Uh, diversity. Uh, And so we don't want uh, a stage full of just kind of, you know, uh, conservative-leaning people or just liberal-leaning people, right? We don't want a stage of just all business people. So we really work hard. We have a a five-dimensional chess (laughs) diversity (laughs) matrix that we work with. And uh, it's it's just really important for us to get all those aspects of diversity the best we can up on the island, realizing that, you know, we're inviting principles only. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that should be one of many really great conversations that we will see. I think she's going to be probably um, one of the best attended and most oh, yeah. uh, anticipated sessions. Yeah, People are yeah. really anxious. To I mean, this is a potential future star at the national level. So we're going to get a nice preview, I guess. Well, And we have two speakers who still may or may not be uh, factors in the sure. 2020 presidential race, obviously. Kasich and uh, Bush, right? Kasich and, well, and Abrams, right? And Abrams, right. And Abrams, right. Yeah. You know, I... Uh, I, I I would bet money that my friend Jeb Bush is not going to he's uh, done with ju- that. jump jump in at least in 2020. Yeah. Okay. Sandy Barua, president and CEO of the Detroit Regional Chamber. I will see you up north. Looking forward to it. Thanks yeah. so much. Thanks very much for being here. All right. Up next, we are going to talk about the Republican Party in Michigan and nationally, and how they've tried to attract and sometimes failed to attract black voters. Stay with us on Detroit today.